Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. This is the day the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Praise the Lord. You are a vessel of joy and a vessel of mercy. Wherever you go, you, you carry joy with you. And you, you counter your environment with the spirit of joy that you, you, you carry in your spirit. I said something to you some weeks ago that God tweeted joy into your spirit. You need to retweet that joy to somebody else who is around you. Praise God. People have no reason to be sad when they are with you. No reason. You know why? Because we have learned as believers to be able to balance our emotions. Amen? And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I remember on Wednesday, I think it was two Wednesdays ago. How many of you were blessed, by the way, by Papa? He ministered very powerfully on Wednesday and even Sunday. But I recommend that everybody should get the message of Wednesday. Because he spoke about offenses and spoke about so many things that will um, be very pivotal to each and every one of us as a house, as a, as a family. Amen. Uh, but two Wednesdays ago, I was talking about mastering your emotions with joy. And, and this is key. This is very important because um, your emotions... Uh, it is what you do with your emotions, actually. Your emotions shouldn't control you, but you should control. You should master your emotions. Um, I can holler, shout, raise my voice and preach in the Holy Ghost behind the pulpit with this microphone. And everybody is blessed with a very loud voice. And when, this, when the Spirit enter, if you know what I mean... And I, ah, I just go and everybody and people are falling down under the power. You know, that same voice I did, ah, I can use it to say, you Chris. It's the same me who is doing that. But I must be in control of my emotions. You can let that same emotions to the things of the spirit. And you can let that same emotions to the things of the flesh. So it is important that we master our emotions. Praise God. Look at your neighbor say, master your emotions. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Glory to God. So I said on Wednesday that every issue is based on self-centeredness. If you're going to see two people fight, two people quarrel, um, two people have issues in their home or in their relationships or friendships, long-time friendships, it is mostly because of self-centeredness. And the moment we leave the center and choose not to focus on self, um, it's, it's easier to handle conflict when conflict comes. In fact, sometimes you belittle the conflict just because of what you know. Praise God. Uh, it's difficult for some people to resolve conflicts, not because the conflicts are deep in themselves, but because of their ego. So, I mean, uh, you ask two people, why, why did you really quarrel? Why, what was the problem? And the reason is a very lame reason that holds no water. Have you been there before? 
See the way you are quiet as if. Has it happened to you before? You do something and you ask yourself, why did I really do this? I didn't have to do this. But at the time when you were letting out, you had no control of yourself. So it's important that we must be able to manage our emotions. Um, most people don't want to release joy because they don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it. I don't rejoice in the spirit because something is funny. I don't. I don't rejoice in the spirit because there's a reason to laugh. My reaction in the spirit, my reaction to rejoice and to be happy is something that I have to do for myself because that is who I already am. Right? So I spoke to you about the position of righteousness, that you're already righteous in Christ. If I, can we say that together? I like us to always say this together. I am righteous. But let's say it together. I'm righteous, I'm righteous. In, Christ Jesus. in Christ Jesus. You don't ask yourself, um, am I really righteous? Because you've been well taught. But that's the same way you have to get to the point where you don't ask yourself, do I really have joy? Of course you do have joy. Because in the kingdom, the framework of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, these things are constants. They don't leave your spirit. They are always found, embedded in your spirit. So any time that you are sad, you are actually pretending. Yeah. Any time you are sad, you are actually not being yourself. Because if you allow the spirit to take charge of your emotions and your countenance at that time, it's just going to be a matter of minutes or probably seconds. You will come into the fullness of what you really are in the spirit. Joy will burst out of your spirit. Praise God, somebody. So you must be able to master your emotion. Amen? And um, I also spoke about um, learning how to do these things by faith. You don't, you don't master your emotions uh, just because um, it feels like it, but it has to be a work of faith. It's, it's a faith action. Sometimes you've got to smile by faith. Sometimes you've got to laugh by faith. Sometimes you've just got to uh, rejoice and delight yourself by faith. Amen. So what are emotions? Emotions are feelings on the inside caused by pain or pleasure to move you in a particular direction. That's an emotion. It is something that you feel on the inside that is caused by pain or by pleasure to move you in a particular direction. And that's something that you must master. Now the objective of the teaching was not to make you emotionless. Because I'm not saying that you shouldn't have emotions. I mean we need emotions to do everything that God has asked us to do. You see the, pia the pianist on, on behind the keyboard. He's playing. There has to be some emotion while he plays. Praise God. You see Uzo leads an um, audacity gift. And, and the rest of them while they are singing. There has to be emotion. While I'm preaching there has to be some emotion. Praise God. While you're speaking with someone, there has to be some emotion. Amen. Amen. So sometimes words don't really carry the meaning that they do have without emotions with them. Are you still here? I mean, just imagine looking at someone and you, you tell the person, Amen. You tell the person, I love you. For example, and you are so angry, your emotions don't, don't convey the words that you are saying, 
So emotions are a part of your ability to communicate what you're saying. Praise God. So, instead of mastering, instead of our feelings mastering us, we must master them. If you can't master your emotions, you can't master life. I said that on Wednesday as well. Um, we talked about the anatomy of life and your exposure de- determines how you think. How you think determines how you feel. Do you remember? Should we go over it again? Your exposure, what is your exposure? What you hear and um, what you see determines what? Um, how you think, how you think determines how you feel. How you feel determines your decision. Your decision determines your actions. Your actions determine your habits. Your habits determine your character. And your character determines your, your destination. So you can never be stuck in life because if you follow the path of that life's anatomy, you would know where to retrace your step back. What is it that I need to see? What is it that I need to hear? There's something that I've been constantly seeing that is bringing me to a particular way of thinking. Glory to God. So you must feed your ear gates and your eye gates correctly so that you think correctly, so that you feel correctly. If you feel a certain kind of way, you're thinking about something, most likely. Sometimes you probably may not be able to place a a finger on it, but there is... There is something that is making you feel that way. Amen. So, so if it, would take, it would take some kind of emotional intelligence to trace your steps back as to what is making you feel that, that kind of way. But you see, when we rejoice in the Spirit, we delight in the Lord, uh, regardless of any emotion we feel, you can speak yourself out of depression. You can speak yourself out of a low countenance. You can speak yourself out of sadness. You can speak yourself out of anger. You can speak yourself out of any kind of pain. Say amen, somebody. Right, so um, let's keep going. Um, Circumstances, of course, we know trigger bad emotions, cause fear, panic, anxiety, lack of trust, depression. But your emotion is your responsibility, right? I do not subscribe to... Um, when people say somebody is responsible for how I feel. I know it's difficult, but because of how attached you can be with people, people can cause you to feel a certain kind of way. Is that true? Yes. But however, you must always remember that you are responsible for how you feel. It is your emotion, and you choose how to feel. You choose what to feel, and you tell yourself, I'm not going to give this too much of power to determine how I feel, but I will rejoice in the Lord right now, even though things don't look well, but I will tell myself it is well. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we are responsible for how we feel. Um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not cool when we begin to blame people for how we feel. You know, you have the blame game going on and it is this person's fault. My uncle didn't help me. My father didn't help me. My mom didn't help me. And you know, you give the excuse of, you know, a pastor, sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. You are who is doing that, Jangulova. <laughs> Listen, you must tell yourself, I am responsible. Now, the feelings will come 
The emotions will come, but what do you do? How do you respond when they come? Right? Because just because you want to allow yourself feel a certain kind of way and satisfy the journey of your flesh, you do nothing about it. You know, many times you fall into that trap. You want to justify how you feel. And you stay that way. You don't want to be okay at that time. Talk to me somebody. Like for example, you are angry at a point or you are sad at a point. You are disappointed sometimes. You don't want encouragement at that time. Because what has happened to you, there has to be a reward. There has to be vengeance of some sort. Are you still here? So you must tell yourself that the way I feel is not as important as how my spirit is. You must have to tell yourself that. And you must remember that this is who you are in Christ. You are always joyful in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Let the weak say, I am strong. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Praise the Lord. Um, um, We also said uh, in Philippians chapter 4 verse 4, the word rejoice means to brighten up. Uh, I like the song. It says rejoice in the Lord always. I say rejoice in the Lord. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. It says rejoice in the Lord. Now that word rejoice means to brighten up. Say brighten up with me. Number two, it means to lift up. And then it also means to spin around. Praise God. So rejoice, it means to brighten up, to lift up, to spin around. So I've been teaching all of us on rejoicing. I want to ask you a question. Have you been practicing rejoicing? So let's be honest with ourselves. Amen. Have you, have you practiced it lately? Have you practiced what pastor has been teaching you lately? Have you delighted yourself in the Lord? All right. Have you felt sad about something in the last few weeks or in the last few days? Yes. So did you remember at the time when you felt sad to rejoice and to delight yourself in the Lord? Did you remember? Have you done that? Okay. If you haven't done that, remember that's what you should do. Praise God. So you must learn how to delight yourself in the Lord. And guess what? Smiling is not to impress somebody. You don't smile to impress people. No. You smile even when you are alone for your countenance sake. Because you need your joy to function. You need your joy to be at your best. You need your joy to be all that God wants you to be at that time. So you don't act out in the flesh. You need your joy to make the right decisions. Praise God. Sometimes we have made wrong decisions and we did that because of how we felt at at those times, right? But if you are balanced in your emotions, you stay balanced in your emotions, um, you'll be able to make profitable decisions and um, take the right steps in life. Amen. So rejoice in the Lord all the time. Can you look at your neighbor and say rejoice in the Lord? Lord. All the time. time. Is it the pastor who is sending to you or the Bible is... That's what the scripture says. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say what? Rejoice. Glory to God. And I also said to you that joy is the fuse of your faith. Your faith will explode when you are joyful. Your faith will explode when you are joyful. So you must always deliberately maintain the lifestyle of joy. Glory to God. Just as angels need joy to 
function. They need the atmosphere of joy to function. Demons also need the atmosphere of depression. And you have to know that. Because if you are, if you are depressed, you are embracing or giving like an inroad for satanic activity. Because the devil has never, he has never laughed before. He, he doesn't even have the capacity to be joyful. Have you thought about that? Satan has no capacity to be joyful. So what we say to you, rejoice, is a function of a gift that the Spirit of God has granted to you that you have capacity to do. Glory to God. So it is important that you balance your emotions. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I will balance my emotions. Um, if your emotions are not balanced, there are certain things that will happen to you. And um, one of it is you're going to lose, you can write this down, number one, you're going to lose commitment to your devotion and personal fellowship with God. Um, have you ever been emotionally down and it has almost wrecked your spiritual life? That is, you've been too sad to pray. Okay, a lot of people who are, I'm sure because I'm talking about emotion, the house is quiet. It's fine. It's fine. You could just look straight, but just know the pastor is talking about. Look at your neighbor and say, Pastor is talking about you. <laughs> so there, there are some times where you feel so down. So, especially issues of the heart, especially issues of relationships, especially money issues. To those who are married to money, to those who love money than human beings. Who can kill people for human... You know, emotions can... Emotions have their tentacles in different ways. <laughs> Emotion can make the wife of Samson cry and make Samson himself kill. It's still emotion. That Samson is not crying doesn't mean he's not killing. Emotion is emotion. So if you are emotionally depraved or in a very bad place, if you are not careful... If you are not careful, it can affect your devotion and your fellowship and your spiritual life. So that is why it is important that you must be balanced emotionally. Now, I remember the story of Jesus when he was, um, when he was about to die and he got to the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says that he was sorrowful unto death. Now, Jesus should have done the opposite by running away from God, but what he did was run towards God. He went back into the place of prayer, and it was from prayer that his emotional life got stability. So whenever you are emotionally down, the best thing to do is to pray. But guess what? You would not feel like praying at that time. You are not going to feel like praying. In fact, you would not want to talk to people who will make you pray. You don't want to go to people to counsel you that will say, come, my brother, let's pray. No. You want to go to people who will fuel what you feel. Can you imagine? Those are the kind of people you want to talk to at that time. But you see, you have to always, like I said to you, balancing your emotions has everything to do with what you know, not what you feel. Because what you feel is not a compass you can trust. What you know is a compass that you should always trust. And you must always keep what you know dear to your heart. And that's why I like the song that Audacity did today. He says, uh, is it, what, what was the song? What? Hide your word in my heart. David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not what? Sin against you. 
Friends, it is important that we are balanced in our emotions. Right? Um, 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 in the midst of a heartbreak, you, you, you should still be able to open your Bible and read and say, God, what are you trying to say to me? Talk to me, somebody. In the midst of disappointment, in the center of disappointment, you should be able to say, Father, what would you have me do? Go back to the place of prayer. Don't let it kill your fellowship. Don't let it kill your, your, your devotion. Don't let it kill your practical relationship with God. And that's why it's key. Because a lot of young people, a lot of people like us, when we are down emotionally, that is the time where we abscond. We, we run away from God. Like We don't even want to have anything to do with church. But the devil is a master of emotions. The devil. He knows how to trick you to lead you through your feelings and your feelings will lead you away from God where you should have gotten help. So right now, Pastor Phil is not preaching deep stuff where you say, hmm, Reverend, write it down. I'm talking to your hearts. Are you getting what I'm saying? I have many deep stuff that I can share with you. Probably do that on Wednesday. But right now I'm speaking to you that if you are down, keep your fellowship and devotion up. Talk to me, somebody. If you are emotionally wrecked, if you are emotionally a mess, do you know how many times that sometimes you have to counsel people when you need counseling yourself? Forget to is that we are trained. We probably just come up and say the Lord is good all the time. And we are the ones mostly in need. Paul says that these are the things that approve me as ministers. The fact that I go through shipwrecks, I go through snake bites, I go through turmoils, I go, these things approve my apostleship towards you. And in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Why? Because we are persuaded. We know whom we have believed. And we are persuaded. Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, keep your devotion up. Keep your devotion up. Keep your fellowship going. Keep your fellowship. Don't let it affect your spiritual life. Don't let it affect your fellowship. Don't let it affect your, um, your commitment to your prayer life and your Bible study life. Um, why is it that most times we find the chance and the time to do important things that you can't do without? Like eating, like going to the bank. When you haven't gone to the bank all through the week and it's Friday, bank closes by 4. There is nothing that can stop you. You must be in the bank before 4. So if you have that discipline, why can't you be in the knees to pray? Why can't you stay in the place of devotion. Why can't you discipline yourself? I am going to seek the face of God now. I don't feel like it, but now is the best time to do it. Say amen. amen. Praise God. So if you're not balancing your emotions, it would affect your commitment to your devotion. Number two, it would affect your commitment to purpose. If you're not balanced in your emotions, it would affect your commitment to what? To purpose. Um, God can be saying a lot of stuff to you and you started right out in the place of your calling and your assignments and he said many things to you, you wrote them down and you began to work in the, in the line of purpose but just because there was an emotional accident in your life you threw away purpose, you threw away everything that God has called you to do now is the time for you to go back and reawaken purpose praise God somebody don't let purpose die just because of emotional instability. In fact, I guarantee you something that you would never, you would likely, 
be free from challenges because you are in purpose. No. The fact that you are in purpose doesn't mean that you will be absolutely free from challenges and from trials. There is an approach to trials and to challenges. You know, Paul says that you must rejoice knowing that the trial of your faith works out what? Patience. So don't abandon purpose just because of an emotional wreck that you've gone through. Praise God. You must not throw it away. You must not throw it out in the wind. You must go back hard after. Because at the end of the day, you will not be giving stories and excuses, right? Before God. And you'll be saying, because of what happened to me. God will say, why didn't you even keep it in the bank? Why did you bury your talent? Why did you bury your gift? The things that I placed in you, the graces that I gave you, why did you bury them? I always tell you about the story of a turtle. The, the sea turtle would give birth and would lay eggs just around the seashore. And when the eggs hatch, they don't go upland. They go back into the water because something within them is instinct. Something within them tells them that I was made for water even though I was hatched on land. Because something inside of you must have been tugging you. You know deeply within your spirit that there are certain things that your life is all about. And you haven't even scratched the surface of those things. But because of how you feel, because of you know, what you've been through, because of the things that you're going through, you haven't even delved into purpose yet. Look, don't wait for things to be perfect before you start purpose. Please don't. You're going to make a big mistake. Because never think that those who are in purpose, those who are doing well in the, in, in the, in the area of purpose, you know, have no challenges. They do have challenges. Amen, somebody. So you must be balanced to maintain your devotion, your fellowship, regardless of... That's when you should come to church more. That's when you should come hear a word that will help you. That's when you should seek for a word. That's when you should be in the place of prayer. Right? Um, secondly, don't abandon purpose. Don't abandon purpose. Don't abandon purpose. You know, Elijah, he got so depressed. And he was so angry, telling God... Um, I'm the only one. I'm the only prophet alive. And God said there are 7,000 more. You know, depression ended Elijah's ministry. Yeah, if you read the scriptures very well, depression ended Elijah's ministry. It did. As great as Elijah was, you know when the Bible says that Elijah was a man of like passions, the scripture knew what he was saying by saying Elijah was a man of like passions. Elijah was like you and I who thinks happened to, life happened to Elijah as great as he was mighty man of God, but depression and God couldn't keep up with his instability and depression up today, down tomorrow, up today, down tomorrow Bishop Noel Jones was preaching one day and he said, it is better you are like this consistent and you are stable, than you are like this like this you are on fire today, tomorrow you are, you are cold and then tomorrow you're back up again and then you know what that does to your spirit is it wears your soul out so it's always better to to be consistent it's always better to be consistent it's a discipline to be consistent praise god so you must never give in to emotional instability and wreck you know praise the lord then number three number three 
if you're not balancing your emotion, it can affect your commitment to your relationships. Okay? So, if your relationships that God has placed around you, uh, for you, to be a blessing to you and for you to be a blessing to, uh, if they begin to suffer, they can suffer actually because of emotional instability. Alright? It is, it is not good for a man who is... Um, a believer or a woman who is a believer to be so emotionally unstable that you have allowed relationships, long-standing relationships, short-standing relationships, God-ordained relationships suffer because of how you feel. If they do for a moment, go back and reawaken them. Because when scripture says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you and lift you up in, in due season. The mighty hand of God speaks of the people and the places where God has put under you. Right? The people and the places that God has put for you to work. That's the mighty hand of God. So God deals with you directly. But he also deals with you through people. Talk to me somebody. So he deals with you through people and he deals with you one on one. Oh, your heavenly father loves you. I am loved by my father. He's everything to me. And that is very correct. But whilst that is happening and whilst that is true, God has also set men and women who he placed around you to be a blessing to you. Let me prove to you scripture. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. Shall what? Is it shall God give to your bosom? Shall what? Shall men give to your bosom? Alright? So God places people to be a blessing to you and you must never truncate that because of emotional instability. Now the Bible says when Jesus rose that he gave gifts unto men and another translation says he gave gifts as men. So to some he gave pastors, he gave, he gave uh, apostles, teachers. So he has placed these structures in the body of Christ not because he's a fool and not because he doesn't know what he's doing or he can't be God Almighty to be all sufficient for you and for you alone. If not, why do you need to come to church? Why do you need to have fellowship? God has placed important relationships around you to bless you. Talk to me, somebody. God has placed important relationships around you. Now, this is not necessarily about pastor, about apostle, about teacher. You can be a blessing to people. Don't truncate it because that could be purpose. That could be one of the things that God has called you to do. Putting smiles on people's faces, giving care to certain people, um, loving on someone. That could be a bona fide ministry. Praise God, somebody. So relationships can suffer if there is emotional instability and you have to watch it. Because you have the Holy Spirit, you are in control. Amen, somebody. Yeah, it doesn't look like an exciting message, but I'm excited in my spirit. Glory to God. Look at your neighbor and say, don't let your relationships suffer. If you looked at the life of Jesus, he was almost erratic. He was skewed in some kind of way. He was, he was, Jesus was like a weirdo. I'm going to die and... Uh, after three days, be raised back up again. And because of passion, Peter comes to him. Oh, Jesus. In fact, he wasn't saying, Jesus, you're not going to die out of concern. 
He was saying, you're not going to die because what we left for you, who will continue the leadership? I left fishing for you. You have to be alive. No, that's the real sense in which Peter was speaking. You're not going to die what? You're not going to die. No, you can't die. You cannot die. Die for what? That's why immediately after Jesus died, what did Peter do? He went back. He went back to fishing. Because that was where his mind was. <laughs> Fisherman. I think Peter was an evil man. I think so, personally. I'm a Nigerian. Right, so... Um, Jesus turns back and look at Peter. Get thee behind me, Satan. How can you call somebody you just said right now to? Flesh and blood has not revealed to you. But my Father, who art in heaven, your name is no longer Simon, but Peter. See praises. Hey. Upon this rock I will build. I'm sure Peter was just there fanning himself. Like all the um, disciples were feeling good or envious about Peter. But the next moment, Jesus looks at Peter and said, Get thee behind me. Now, it takes emotional stability for you not to miss where you should rebuke, where you should correct. And where you should love back. Now Jesus came back again. um, After he died. Rose and he said. Children have you any meat? Have Have you any fish or anything? He knew that Peter betrayed him. In fact Peter already did that. Peter also denied Jesus three times. Peter ran away. He led the disciples a fishing. He said I go a fishing. James and John followed him. When Jesus came back on the scene. He was already roasting fish. And he asked them, have you any meat? Come. When John saw it was the Lord, John was the first to get to Jesus. Peter, because of condemnation, was slowed down. See, let let me tell you something about condemnation. Condemnation slows your feet down. Because if you think that God doesn't love you, and if you think that God is angry with you, your steps towards devotion, fellowship, uh, how does God feel about me? God is not happy with me. Who told you God is not happy with you? Don't let how you feel determine your fellowship. Determine your purpose. Determine your commitment. Don't, 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 don't. So Jesus was stable. He was balanced. And in the midst of betrayal, what did he say to Peter? Peter, do you love me? Peter responded. Asked him three times. He said, feed my sheep. Now, Jesus gave Peter the responsibility to feed his sheep. Not even John who was there with him. He still looked at the one who betrayed him. Are you still here? Emotional stability. Are you following what I'm saying? He still looked at the one who betrayed him and the one who seemed to be the good boy. He didn't give him the responsibility to pastor the church. It was Peter. You should be able to look at someone who has hurt you so bad and still say, I love you. I forgive you. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Whether you like this message or not, you must like it. You are hearing the most... You must hear what I'm saying to you. Because you must be emotionally what? Balanced and stable. If not, you will lose. In fact, let me bring it down to what you relate with more. You can lose contract because of emotional instability. Your IQ can take you to a good job, but your EQ can get you out of there. 
That's why a lot of people can't stay in a job. They keep changing jobs. You have working experience of two years and you have worked in 51 places. Why? Because you can't deal with certain bosses. You just flare up. You, you explode. And then you begin to pick your own pieces. My mom was telling me, I, I, so, so this is personal to me, it's my cousin, right? This guy, Jesus Christ, one of the most emotionally unstable person I have seen, and I've been praying for him, so had a lot of issues, right, going on. I'm glad you don't know, you don't know the person, amen. You can never know the person, don't worry. Um, so my parents were counseling him, and he was recounting a story of what his wife did to him. And as he was recounting the story, he was getting angry as he was talking. So the same emotion of, of what she did, it was very much present. It had not left. It was still fresh. And it's something that happened a while ago. As he was talking, he just started shaking. And he's very huge and intimidating. My mom said, me, I stopped talking. No. <laughs> so me, I stopped talking. <laughs> My dad was there, so I mean. As he was talking, he was vibrating, vibrating, vibrating. Before you know it, he just smashed his phone on the floor. Expensive phone. You know, then after a while, he now gone. He now went to my parents and I said, You now say you see what she has made me, and she was not there. She was not there. She was not there. They were counseling him alone. She wasn't there. We asked her, How have you been coping? The Lord is your strength. But it's the Spirit of God. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit gives you ability to survive certain things that people can't explain. So don't let anybody talk you out of something because you are in something. You have grace for it. Talk to me, somebody. God has given you grace for it. He smashed his phone and my mom, the way my mom likes to say it, she says it in a very, in a very um, sarcastic way. So he started picking the pieces of his phone after, after, after everything. Praise the Lord. You must manage your emotions. Don't scatter relationships because of emotional instability. Praise God. Don't. Don't spoil relationships. God can assign you to bless people. Bless them. You will be hurt in the process. Keep on blessing them. And because of your emotional instability, you might not be able to receive blessing from people God has assigned to you. Because they usually don't look like it. Yeah, they usually don't even look like it. When, when um, 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 Philip went to call Nathaniel, come and see, we have found the Messiah. You know what Nathaniel said? Is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? You know what Nazareth was? I don't want to belittle any place in Abuja. Nazareth is like Lungu. There is no, no prominence that rises from Nazareth. No prominence. If you're talking about Galilee, we understand. Nazareth. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There is a reason why Nazareth is added. Your background does not determine your future. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. 
You know, just because sometimes you want to be in a relationship with someone, you analyze the person, where's the person coming from, what's the person's background. Is the person's background, is, is, the, is that the person's life? Paul wrote to the Colossians, he said, to the saints in Christ, in Colos, that they are first in Christ before in a place. Say so to the saints of Christ Jesus in to the saints in Christ in Colossae. So you are in Christ. No matter what state you come from, no matter what family you were born in, you are in Christ first. Say I'm in Christ. And if any man is in Christ, what? He's a new creation. All things have what? Passed away. And all things have what? Become new. Your emotional Emotional imbalance can make you lose commitment to your service in church as well. You know, people get angry and they say, look, I'm upset, I'm not, I don't want to serve, I don't want to do anything, I don't want to... That's because you probably got angry or you're not happy or you're afraid of working with people, you don't want to get hurt, you don't want to... Look, don't let... Because your service in church is pivotal to your purpose and to the things that God has called you to do. How are, you going to, how are you going to grow spiritually if you don't serve? How are you going to spiritually come to that place of um, being effective, being a blessing, and you get rewards for yourself if you don't serve? The greatest people are the people who serve. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you must be a servant of few. How many? A servant of all. A servant of all. So... Emotional stability is very good. It will help you keep balance in your devotion, your purpose, your relationships, and service in church. How do you maintain balance in your emotions? At the moments where you are very down, look for the right words to hear. Go after the right words. That's how you maintain balance. Because you can go off and not know you are off. Because it would take... Um, if you see 10 degrees, 10 degrees, a separation of 10 degrees is not so obvious within a short distance. But when it has gone over 2 miles, or 7 miles, that's when you know the distance between right, 2 points of a 10 degree separation. When you go off many times, you don't know that you're off. But it's important that you are emotionally stable and you know what to do. You must always remind yourself, I need to hear what is right. I need to go for the word of God. I would exalt the word of God above how I feel. The word of God, I would drop my feelings like hot potato. And I would stay with the word, even though it doesn't feel good, but I will stay with it. Because that's what the word of God teaches. Say amen, somebody. Amen. So, you... Maintain balance by hearing the right words. Number two, you maintain balance by prayer. By prayer. In the place of prayer, Jesus' emotions came back. He was okay. Um, all the sorrow disappeared. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he came, met the disciples. Can't you watch with me for one hour? He went back to pray. He came back, he met them sleeping. Can't you watch with me for one hour? Went back, to sleep, went back to pray. Came back again. Met them sleeping. Can't you watch with me? He went back to pray. The Bible says he prayed saying the same words. The same things. You know why Jesus said the same things while he was praying in that emotional depravity? He was praying the same things because 
there had to be a breakthrough in his soul first. He needed to feel okay in his spirit before he would know that he's fine. Now scripture says that when he came back again to the disciples, he saw them sleeping. What did he tell them? You can keep on sleeping. Because I've done, I have done due diligence to manage my emotions. That's what many of us need to do. Glory to God. So I said, number one, you hear the right words, the word of God. Number two, what's number two? Prayer. And number three, you need, you surround yourself with good counsel. Okay? When you are emotionally depraved or you are down, make sure you surround yourself with the right counsel. Make sure you surround yourself with the right counsel. Make sure you surround yourself with the right counsel. I have a question to ask all of you. What do you think comes first? Thoughts or words? Thoughts. You are of the opinion that thoughts come first? Words? Thoughts? Words? This is what I believe. I believe, okay, what makes an imagination? Your imagination is your thoughts. So, what makes your thoughts? Okay, okay, hold on. Let's just practicalize it. Blue goat. Blue goat. Blue goat with red eye. Blue goat with red eye. Blue goat with red eye. What are you thinking about now? Now, even if you are not thinking about blue goat, you are thinking of at least there's goat somewhere in your mind. <laughs> there's, there's. So words will form imaginations. Have you ever seen Ojuju Kalaba before? You know what they told us, Ojuju Kalaba. Have you ever? Did you ever see Ojuju Kalaba before? But what somebody said made you begin to imagine, right? Yeah, so I believe that words will precede thoughts because thoughts are meditations of words. That's what a thought is. Thoughts are meditated words. Um, Jesus said something that the words that I speak to you they are what? Spirit. And they are life. I'm trying to make a point here. (laughs) Don't underestimate the power of words. That's the point I'm trying to make. What did I say? Never you underestimate the power of words. Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. You can convey emotions with words. You can speak a word and it can change the atmosphere of a place. Ah, I don't think you heard me. 
You can speak and change the dynamics of how things are working by what you say. So that's why you can't afford to speak from feelings, but you must speak from, from knowledge. Because you must know there is potency, there is, there is power in your words. So if you, if you are in a situation and you speak life into that situation, that situation can change. Because the words that I speak to you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. So words are spoken, but your thoughts retain those words that are spoken. Do you know that your heart has no original thought? There is nothing you think about now that is new. If it's new, it's not true. There's nothing you think about now that is new. There is nothing you think about now. So your heart doesn't have an original thought. It doesn't. So to be creative is to copy God. That's why many people, when they pride on creativity, and like, I'm the most brilliant folk. Listen, God is just sharing with you a bit of his creativity and his spirit. Everything is on the seed. I'm just speaking in punches because I don't have time to elaborate. Everything comes back to what God has created. Innovations, inventions, scientific discoveries come back to the creations of God, which is called the seed. Everything. You see how the helicopter moves, right? You see the idea of the helicopter. Have you heard of the giant fly before? There's a particular insect that moves exactly the way the helicopter moves. And that discovery was not the brilliance of a man, but from the initiative of the seed that God put here. Okay, if you see the way birds fly, the way birds fly is from the same idea planes are created. So every initiative, every idea is from the place of a seed. And that is why words would always precede imagination and thoughts. So what am I saying to you? You must learn how to speak and interject rough seasons with what you say. God had done everything for Adam and Eve. Sorted out everything. And after a while, God got tired of the human disobedience and race. And he flushed everybody with water. In fact, I hope you know that the rain that fell for 40 days wasn't normal season. It's not that thing you call rainy season. Because rainy season for 40 days can't cause the whole world to be flooded. No, it's not possible. What I think happened is the tectonic plates and everything that holds the boundaries of water were let loose. So that while water is coming from up, water is also coming from, from down. And everything is opened up because the sun is in position by the word of his mouth. The earth is in rotation and revolution by the word of his mouth. The moment God's word fails, everything crashes. But God's word cannot fail. So everything that you see in the universe is, the Bible says in Hebrews that everything was created by the word of his power. The worlds were framed by the word of God. The word of God. 
So everything was let loose and then there was a big flood. And when he reset the earth, what do you think happened? There was an there was there was a reordering of the structure of the earth. So God now speaks to Noah and he says, Whilst the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest will not cease. But you and I know what the seed is. For the sower went to sow. And the seed is the word of God. Because if the word of God, which is the seed that you carry, is planted, you can determine what you want to see. So that's why I'm telling you that words are more powerful than your feelings. You may not feel like it, but just talk it. Just say it. Because the words that I speak to you, oh hallelujah, they are spirit and they are life. Now let me show you one scripture then we're going to close. In James chapter, let's look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 22. James chapter 1 verse 22. It says, but be what, let's read it together everybody, want to go. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face. Now go back to verse 22. Go back to verse 22. But be doers of the word, and not what? Hearers. Now the word hearers in this scripture is talking about performer. He says, be doers of the word, and not performers only. Right? And not performers only. Be doers of the word and not just performers. Are you getting what I'm saying? Deceiving yourself. Then let's see verse 23. Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not... I think I got that wrong. Move back to verse 22. It's the word doer that means performer. So move back to verse, verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. So this is where I'm going. Not a performer. The word doer here, performer, I got that wrong. It's performer. So I found out that the word performer here means poet. It's poetess in the Greek. So, for if anyone is a hearer only and not a poetic person, not a speaker of what he has heard, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. What doer means in this context is to speak what you've heard. That's what it means to do. So Paul is using the, uh, a stage as an example that there are actors on stage and there are people who observe the acting on stage. But the actors on stage have to memorize their lines and memorize their lanes. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what they do is they act on stage. It's poetry, the act of poetry. So he says, don't just be a hearer of the word only, right? And not a poetic expressor of the word you've heard. So it means that whatever you hear, you must be able to speak what you hear. Now, if the devil wants to channel your life, he will, talk, he will stop you from talking. He will stop you from speaking. But you must learn how to delight yourself in the Lord. And you must speak the things that you don't feel like, the things that you don't see yet, but you declare them. Glory to God, somebody. So be hearers of the word. Not, uh, be... Um, 
doers of the word and not hearers only for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like a man observing himself in the mirror then finally let's see James chapter 3 verse 4 James chapter 3 verse 4 if I start from verse 2 For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Now, what does it mean to bridle the whole body in this context? Let's see. Let's see. Now, it says, Indeed, we put what bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we may turn, somebody say, turn their whole body. You do that when you put bits in the horse's mouth. Now, let's see what verse 4 says. Look also at the sheep, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small, somebody says small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Now hear this, as big as the sheep is, it can be controlled by a small instrument called a rudder. We're not talking about canoe, it's not flying boats that you can turn and it turns immediately. That's not what we're saying. We're talking about big ships that a small rudder turns. But guess what? When you turn the rudder, it doesn't turn immediately. It turns after some distance. It begins to, but it has changed direction, but it doesn't look like it. That's the way your speaking is. When you are talking, it is as if nothing is changing. No. But guess what? You have to keep saying it. You have to keep talking because you see that tongue that is so small. It's controlling your life. How many times have you prayed and said, God, I desire this. God, I desire Just because you didn't see it, you now go and confess nonsense. Confess what is not true. Look at your neighbor and say, stay with your confession. Stay with your confession. Look at another person. Shout on the person. Say, stay with your confession. What God has said to you, keep on saying it. Keep on saying it. Stay there. So he says, he says, he says, they are so large and are driven by, do you know what a fierce wind is? The ships are driven by a fierce wind. They are turned by a very small rudder, regardless of the fierceness of the wind. Then look at verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. The Bible likens the tongue to, to kindle is not to bring fire. Kindle is to initiate fire. I hope you understand the difference. So when I say kindle, kindle fire now. It is you taking two small stones. Where is the fire? The fire is not with you. You are not bringing additional fire. But the fire is with the stone. So you are... So can I ask you a question? Do you kindle with one strike? Most likely you continue. You continue to strike. Some people don't know they have kindled. And when they kindle, they get tired because fire did not catch. They leave it there. And when they come back after 48 hours, the whole forest is on fire. Where did the fire come from? It was that thing you were doing. Now hear me. You may have been consistent in fellowship, in prayer, in speaking the word. You don't see anything yet. When fire comes... When explosion comes, even you yourself, the people around you, your enemies will know. The people who don't like you, everybody will know. People who will rejoice with you, who will not rejoice, everybody will know. That's what it means to kindle. So the Bible, he likens the tongue as 
a great forest, right? See how a great a forest, a little fire kindles. That's how he likens the tongue. Let me advise us this, in this season, regardless of what you feel, regardless of what you're going through, allow your tongue walk. Words will precede thoughts. Words will precede imagination. Give yourself new imaginations by speaking new words. Go to the word of God. It says, these things have I spoken to you, that your joy may be full. Don't let anything steal your joy in this season. I hope you've been blessed this morning. Let me tell you something. You're just at the brink of coming to a new season in your life. Do you understand what I am saying? I said, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, please, TSP, hear me. Now is the wrongest time to give up. Pastor Phil told you. Now is the wrongest time to give up. You know why you can't afford to give up? You've been kindling. You've been doing it. You've been rubbing those stones together. You've been doing that. Don't give up. Somebody will come and take over your fire. God forbid that you start a revival and you are not a part of it. You start a revolution and you are not a part of it. The husbandman will enjoy first. Are you getting what I'm saying? And why am I teaching you emotional stability and emotional intelligence? You must learn how to stay. Because kindling does not, it does not look good at first. It looks tiring sometimes. It looks discouraging. But you must encourage yourself in the Lord. David came back one day. His wife gone. Children gone. Everybody gone. And he asked the Lord. He says, what can I do? Shall I overtake? Shall I pursue? Shall I recover? He says, yes. The Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. People might not be there to encourage you. What are you saying to yourself? Are you encouraging yourself? Are you giving yourself the opportunity to hear the right words? If reading the Bible is tiring for you, go and get audio Bible. This morning I was sleeping with scriptures playing in my head. Left, back, center. I was in and out of sleep. Didn't really sleep well, but sleeping. Just somehow. Waking up, sleeping, waking up, sleeping. But scripture just playing in my head. I will wake up. Mm, I will hear one thing the Lord said. At least I will keep the Lord said and continue sleeping. Somehow, just make sure you hear the word. All the time. If it is worship music, play it. Everywhere you go, carry your atmosphere with you. <laughs> carry it with you. Because you cannot afford to give up now. You can't. You need emotional health to enjoy prosperity. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul. What is your soul? Your emotions, your will, your intellect. What sense does it make you make money and then you don't have mind and peace to enjoy it? What is the sense in that? Because of heartbreak, you can't see the one God is giving you now. Bro, sister, mend your heart. Delight yourself. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? He says, guard your heart with all diligence. Now, to guard does not necessarily mean to protect. But to God means to keep on adding. It means to keep on putting word inside the heart. I am the redeemed of the Lord. The lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. You keep on talking to yourself. I am blessed. I'm not a victim of life. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Why do you think Paul said something? He said, I have learned how to abase and what? When money not day, we day. When there is money, we need. When things are good, we need. When things are rough, we need. 
Regardless of what, I have learned how to give God glory. Just look at your neighbor and say, keep kindling. Just keep, keep on. Keep on. Keep on kindling. Why? Because the fire is about to start. The fire is about to come. Your revolution is about to start. Don't give up. Don't give up. All the things that God said to you, don't give up. Don't give up. Now is the wrongest time to give up. Now. Go back to your purpose. Go back to your calling. Go back to your devotion. Go back to profitable relationships. Go make up with loved ones. Can't be fighting with your father for long. Can't be fighting with your mother for long. You don't have two, you have one. <laughs> you don't have two fathers, you have one. A lot of people don't know how they will feel in the next 20 years when the people they are angry with today have passed on. You have no idea. You don't even need to get there to give yourself sense and do what is right. And you know because how close they are to you is the reason why it hurts the most? Because the most closest people to you are the ones that hurt you the most. Even though what they do is not necessarily that deep, right? But you must always be emotionally balanced and stable all the time. Husband, wife, wife, husband, make up. Love each other. Love your children. Love your siblings. Love your family. Love, love, just love. Just love. Glory to God. Now, I sense that there is a lot of healing in this place going on this morning. And what you're going to do for me right now is you're going to lay hands on your neighbor, right? Just make sure you touch the person who is by your side. There are certain words that God has laid in the hearts of people who are here. And those words have not yet come to pass. But you're going to see the fulfillment of those words. It's just a matter of time. God is going to lead you. He's going to guard your heart. He's going to direct you. He's going to give you peace beyond all understanding. Joy unspeakable. Full of glory. So you're going to pray for your neighbor. You don't know what your neighbor is going through. You don't even know. You don't even know what he has experienced. But all you're going to do is say, Father, let the words that have been spoken to minister life and the effectiveness of your spirit in the life of my brother, in the life of my sister. And I promise you all the other names will fade away. There's somebody here, you probably might be dealing with some kind of sickness or some kind of disease. But hear me. In the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke that disease and sickness. We lose you from that affliction right now. We lose you from that infirmity right now. And we declare your freedom right now. And I say to you, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made you free. Now minister peace and minister life to that person you're holding right now. I want you to do that. Minister peace. I speak life to your soul. I speak life to your spirit. I speak life to your body. I speak life to, your, to everything that concerns you. I speak the peace of God. Do so. Please pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Come on church. You can do more than that. Pray as though you were praying for yourself. 
ever present in my life. You never let me go. Yes, you are the uncreated creator. concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.